0: And it's a joy to be at our fullest. I think we're happiest when we feel that we are in, in touch with all of our, our resources and our and we can exercise and hone our gifts. And I think there's, there's activities we can do to help enhance that. So I, yeah. I, I think I'm not getting any younger and my life is better when I do so. So why not pursue that ferociously?
1: Hi everyone, welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast. My name is Morgan Dix, and this is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and your health. Today, we're interviewing longtime meditator and About Meditation contributor, Kenzo Ahn. Kenzo is one of my closest friends, and so he recently started blogging for us at About Meditation, and I wanted to invite him onto this show to really unpack a few of his latest blog posts which are really fantastic so let's jump in you ready yep all right kenzo welcome to the show
0: thank you thank you it's great to be on
1: yeah number two
0: number two how many how how long how long ago is this since the, the first time we did this i
1: think the first episode wasn't it like like january or february of 2015
0: so something like more than two years. Yeah,
1: definitely more than two years, almost two and a half years. So de- definitely things have progressed, among other things. We both are fathers. That's right. All right. So everyone, I wanted to bring Kenzo onto the show because in the last several months, Kenzo has become a regular contributor on our blog, writing about meditation, running, and his work in the financial services industry. And he's writing some really interesting and compelling blog posts. So I thought it would be cool for us to kind of pry open some of the topics that Kenzo's uh, exploring in his, blo- in his blog post. And before we, we jump into the interview itself, Kenzo, can you tell everyone just a little bit about like, how do we know each other? Like, you know, what's the context for our relationship?
0: Sure. Um. Morgan and I and uh all transparency you're one of my best friends yeah so to the world he, he Morgan's <laughs> Morgan's one of my my, my best one of my best if not my best buddy in the world yeah. and uh so I'm gonna say your age we're both in our early 40s and uh I came to the Boston area right after college in my early 20s uh to explore a spiritual community uh that Morgan happen also to be exploring at the same time. And I, I came to to Boston and was connecting with the the Boston Satellite Spiritual Community, and Morgan was at the main ashram out in the, the countryside of western Massachusetts. And I, I think we connected. We, you and I connected right away because uh, in this community, there weren't many people around our age. We were both in our early 20s. You know, we both were pretty passionate about the spiritual life, and I think it was just a... It felt like a, a, a real connection to have someone our same age, a lot of similar interests, and so we, we, we've just kind of been through, a, you know, quite an adventure through. Must have been like 14 years. Yeah, uh,
1: 15. Being, years.
0: being being peers and, and spiritual brothers in this community, going through all kinds of things together, and uh, I think you know through there, I think we've so we've had uh, the same spiritual background kind of cut our teeth in the same principles with, with meditation um i think with uh you know looking deep inside about how to, how to in- intuit our uh, our kind of aspirations and and bringing them into our lives and yeah. and, and, and follow our, our our hearts and so and uh you know now we're we're both old young fathers and uh <laughs> and you know just just making our way in the world
1: Kenzo's written these three powerful articles. The most recent one is on Breaking Bad Habits. And the one before that was all about things falling apart and how meditation helps to deal with that. And the first one he wrote for us was called Losing is Good for the Soul. And they're all awesome. Yeah, so I thought we'd we'd start from the start because... It's an interesting arc these three articles take us on. And they touch on important topics that we hone in on in this podcast, the transformational power of meditation, the power of going on a retreat, in this case, in Kenzo's case, solo retreats, how meditation can really offer us perspective, especially in those moments when we might be in a, in a dark night of the soul, so to speak. And then how meditation, like, how it helps you embrace a deeper form of renunciation and what we find when we do that, the kind of energy that one can often surprisingly discover through renunciation. So, yeah, let's start, let's start with the first one. Losing is good for the soul. Can you speak a little bit to this? Like, what happened? Like, like one, I'd love for you to speak about meditation. Like, how do you see meditation as being this ground that helps you embrace losing and bring you closer to yourself and and then just also you know say a little bit about how you got there
0: i guess we all meditate for for different reasons i mean there's so many different schools of meditations and, and approaches but you know i, I do think there, there is something that that draws us to to sit down and and be still and and i guess what kind of came to me was i i think that Again, whether it's we're, we're looking for a, a more clear and still mind, or expanding our heart, or or finding a, a deeper sensitivity to our consciousness, there there's something that we feel called towards. Um, I, I think wholeness is is the word that came to me because it just feels like there's some kind of completion. There's there's like a more full and and right existence that we that we feel that we're coming closer towards in whatever yeah. we're doing in meditation, and and so. You know, when, whenever I, I, I meditate, I, my current approach is, is just, you know, it's letting that calling pull me like a magnet and, and really not trying to put any expectations on what, what it should look like, but just to kind of tune into that gravitational pull. And mm-hmm. um, there, there's just something very, you know, the more I let go into it, the, the more, you know, quite intimate it is because we're being called to our heart or our whatever whatever you want to call it. There, there's just something that, that more right life it's calling us so i like spending a a, a lot of time there and um in that when i turned 40 which was i'm 41 now so this i'm gonna be 42 in the fall so it was a couple years ago you know i like uh i think a lot of us when we turn 40 we kind of feel like this is a big moment it's kind of we're not we're not a kid anymore we're in the same time it feels like we're entering in a a whole new part and giant. Chapter of our of our lives. I mean, if yeah. you think about forty, it's really nothing. If if we're gonna hopefully live to we're in our eighties, and now you know getting to our hundreds is not as unique as it probably used to be. Yeah. So um,
1: especially especially if you have Okinawan blood like you do,
0: like we do, then then I I, I I've, <laughs> I'm expected to kind of live to be hundred. Yeah. So so being forty, yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of get you know just getting started. And yeah, uh, there's a great uh, quote from Young that I'm. I'm, I might be totally missing, but I got it from a, a friend of ours, and 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 it says something like, "Life really begins at the age of forty. Everything before then is just research." And, mm-hmm. I, and I really, I, I I really resonate with that. And so, yeah, uh, when I turned forty, I I spent a uh, my gift from my wife was I spent five days alone in this uh, beautiful uh, monastery up in um
1: northeast Earth, the
0: northeast kingdom of, of Vermont. Um, you know, during that time, it was just. A chance to really just fall into that that calling you know really just kind of put everything aside and just tumble into it. Mm. it was a powerful time and uh you know but like i think like a lot of retreats all kinds of things happen but you don't really know what happened <laughs> you know so something happened and and i think that the effects of i always think the the it's it's what happens afterwards that really shows the power of what happened can't come into yeah. to relief yeah and so um,
1: and one, one, one question about this, just to hold your thought. Sure. I want to come back to the narrative. Did you have a plan going into the solo retreat, like a structure and a plan or just a, yeah. Uh, How did you go in? I
0: think the, the main thing was, you know, I've always want, had a, a desire to, to like, I think a lot of us really just make the, the most of our lives to contribute. In the most positive ways that we can, and I, I think that in my old age of forty, I kind of just, you know, see that things take time to develop. You know, things don't don't happen overnight, and and I think I kind yeah. of saw that. I had I had a vision that probably if I spent, you know, that ten years seemed like an appropriate amount of time to really focus and put my energy towards something that could really bear fruit. That I feel like I I would hopefully feel very, I've done something I felt w- worthwhile and, and made good use of this this life that I have. So I just think I I wanted to get that ball rolling. And that was my yeah. my only plan that I just wanted to get that ball rolling. I didn't know what that was going to look like, uh, but mm-hmm. I had stuff, I kind of, you know, let go into to my longing with that as the, the North Star I was looking at. Um, yeah. Something would get into gear.
1: Yeah. All right. So yeah. I, okay. So you were saying, your wife Diane, she gave you the gift of this retreat. It the, you, you went in; it was a Northeast Kingdom, and it was a beautiful setting. And, and now you had this plan. Then, yeah. So, right, so,
0: the, so that was so the the retreat was was powerful. It was great. Um, but then I think a few months later, you know, I just I I think I, I, it was not, This was at the end of 2015, so now it was 2016. It was about a few months. It was, you know, kind of coming to the end of winter in the spring and. I think I just kind of stepped back and realized wow things are really you know s- sometimes like things feel like they're really going well in life you know I I, I my yeah. my son was uh had turned 1 and I just felt like I was you know just felt very blessed with with him my wife the what was happening between us um and uh, I felt healthy good but my, my work I, I sell I do business development and, and sell for a, a research and consulting firm and my my work was going extraordinarily well um you know I've been in sales for uh, almost as long as I've been doing spiritual practice so you know it must have been like 15 or so years um you know and I've always done well but things were really at a, a clip and, and at a rate that for for my own experience was very different. It was a different, it was more was happening than I've been ever been had before. And that was great. Uh, you know, obviously, and I just felt good about the work that was happening. And then, um, basically what happened with this particular marathon is that, you know, I've been running the Boston marathon, uh, for the past few years, but as I have been brought in through an invitational bid, my wife received, because my, my wife was almost killed in the 2013 Boston marathon bombing. Um, I had, a. Bought a number off a runner who wasn't going to run anymore because I just wanted the experience of being in it. And I ran that that fateful marathon in 2013. My wife was there to kind of cheer me on at the end. You know, I was running under a different name. You know, just I was just doing it for the fun of it. And uh, she she was five feet away from the first bomb. And mm-hmm. and, and luckily she you know her her physical injuries are pretty minor, but it was quite the trauma was quite deep so then you know that that was its own saga of its own that was is in my third in my second blog post but the so through that i've been running the boston marathon every year because the boston marathon organizers graciously give her a number each year that you know as a token of their respect and her, and her of her being a survivor of that tragedy yeah. that changed everything yeah but in 2016, I, I ran it, and I just realized, you know what, I, I want to run this marathon because it's a very – for those of you who are not into marathon running, the Boston Marathon is one of the most prestigious marathons in the world. You have to actually qualify uh, in order to be able to run it. You, you have to make it a certain speed, so it's a very elite marathon, And but there are some people who run for wonderful – causes and charities or through my wife are are allowed to participate in this run. But I I realized I I wanted to run this on my my own steam because I was a contender, like the majority of the runners there. So I I got a coach and I just started to lock in. You know, I just felt like, I just felt there was some momentum for my solo retreat that was happening in all dimensions of my life. And then so my, with this running coach, uh, my my body just started to transform very quickly. I lost ten pounds mm-hmm. in two months, and, and mm-hmm. I was just I was just changing on every level, and yeah. this kind of leading up to the story of of of, lo- of missing this particular marathon that I wanted to qualify for the Boston Marathon. But yeah, I think it was more just that it's. I think the the, the more the point of this, of this whole blog post is there's something
1: which is just to remind everyone the the blog post is called Losing is Good for the Soul. Right. It's, yeah go ahead
0: because there was there's was something about you know when things are going great for us you just kind of feel like you're on a roller coaster and, and, and you know like you know because sometimes things line up right and things are going great one after another yeah. and i just felt like i was yeah. kind of carrying a bullet but then leading up to this uh you know i've been training for this one particular marathon in eugene oregon for a year and i i seemed really just like uh in in the position to to qualify for it and and you know it's 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 a race. It's not the it's all in the name of you know reaching you know I, I guess my, my physical aspirations. But I think it was more the momentum of going into it, feeling like I've got this, and yeah. feeling that like everything was kind of lining up towards uh, this next step. Yeah. And then so I think and then to to run it and then just to to not make it. Obviously, it's not the biggest deal in the world because there's other marathons to run and to qualify. But I think it was more the feeling of like. You didn't, yeah. I so didn't, you didn't I, qualify. I, I did not. I, I missed it by a minute and thirty seconds.
1: Boom.
0: And, and I think it was just the sense of then, just appreciating, just uh, just the, the feeling of suddenly, like when all uh, how many ideas we we have about where we are going, where we think we should go, and then suddenly when all of it's taken away, you're just kind of left with yourself. But I think in that moment, what inspired that blog is that feeling of being left with yourself. It's a beautiful feeling because it was very much in line with when i was speaking about meditation about just the sense of your of just being closer to that core impulse it is to to wholeness and i i also felt i wanted to write it because you know in our culture now you know being a loser is is such a terrible awful thing and everybody has to to win all the time and if you're a loser that's the worst but I, I think it's it's where our, our real growth, a different kind of growth happens. That's that's important. And again, it's like obviously we don't want to. I'd rather win than lose. You know. Yeah. And you know sometimes we lose. For, we we lose for reasons that need to be looked at. It's not that we want to like aim for losing. But I, I think that. um
1: it's inevitable. It's never, yeah. Right. What's your relationship to it? Because you are going to lose.
0: You you will lose. We we and as horrible as it is, we we will lose. Yeah. And I but, and I think it was, I think. But even before, like, and I, I think what I, what I wrote in the blog it was even before the kind of the whole assessment of why we lost and what we need to do to win. That space of having all the taken away and just to be able to fall into ourselves, it. it I felt that it opened me to, to be able to, you know, have the interest, the curiosity and the, the, the the compassion to maybe see who am I really. But I think Mm -hmm. before all that assessment comes, I I think there's just the the intimacy with ourselves that it seems like it just takes losing to kind of get us closer. Yeah. Which is, which is a hard, I think a hard fact of life, but yeah. Um, it's, it's a beautiful it, thing too.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like an important and valuable potential that we can embrace in a context where, as we were saying, we're all going to lose at different times on the micro scale and the macro scale and everything in between on that spectrum. And I think there's something that stood out for me as you were talking and just reflecting on on all of this. I think for a lot of people, I'm guessing, who who may be listening, the idea number one okay so there's two parts of this just one the idea of going on a solo retreat which was the sort of antecedent to this losing but also there's there's this clear line from the solo retreat to like you getting really just grounded in yourself through letting go then sort of laying out these aspirational visions and goals for yourself and then seeing the results from that and then In terms of one of those big goals, not hitting it, and then coming back, as it were, to almost that first day on the retreat, that space of intimacy with yourself that yielded, at least on the solo retreat, so much kind of creative vision for you. One of my questions then is, I think speaking a little bit on behalf of our listeners, what about someone who's never... Number one, the idea of a solo retreat is probably new for some people listening. But then I imagine for a lot of people, it's a little bit intimidating and scary to be alone with oneself in that context where one is kind of thinking about one's life and saying, okay, what are the next 10 years? about where am i going what's my vision what large scale goals do i want to set for myself if you could just speak to that a little bit like not everyone i think is comfortable being with them with themselves being alone with yourself and being comfortable with yourself and letting go in the company of yourself i think it's an unusual posture for a lot of people and as you said also for a lot of the reasons it's just not something our culture puts much emphasis on and of course it it was for us cuz we did retreats for 15 years every year multiple times a year but yeah what what do you what do you say to that
0: that's right I mean that's it's definitely from our you know our history of those 15 years of, of doing a lot of retreats some of them with others and some of them on our own that was, yeah. was a foundation for for a lot of that so i mean you know, definitely didn't something I didn't just do naturally without you know having some background in it. But you know, I, I think. Were you, you scared know, at all? Not for this one. I mean, in my second blog, I, I wrote about a, a different. My first kind of soul retreat I did uh, out out of the context of a spiritual community, just on my own. That one was definitely scary, scarier. Yeah. Uh yeah. This this one not so not as much, but you know, I think. Part of it, there, there are some people who, who just also like to spend time alone or kind of introverted. I mean, I, I, I don't yeah. know whether I'm an introvert or extrovert. I, I kind of think I'm, I'm, you know, I, I obviously, like most people, have a little bit of both. But yeah, yeah I think there, it, it does it is definitely something that you know will probably feel more attractive to someone who really likes to spend, who enjoys spending time alone. And I think I'm sure a lot of us do at times. You know, when we have the house to ourselves or if we're on our own, just feel a kind of the relief of you know you don't you're kind of doing what you want to do you don't have to you move your activities around the needs of everyone else you have time just to just to kind of follow what you're feeling attracted to i would think that if someone does it they first there has to be some part you have to admit to yourself you enjoy that space yeah And, and then i think when you then have that time to do that then you know where meditation comes in is that there's just there's also about having the room and space just to kind of keep letting the world fall away. And I think you just need space to do that. You know, it's not going to happen in in 10 minutes. So I think having, you know, if you have a few days and then, you know, often, uh, you know, when you're talking about structure, I do think there is a part of, you know, when I've been gone on my own is that I do want to have at least a day or two just to not have to work anything out yeah, just to kind of like sit let go just let everything fall away and it's almost like when you're on vacation you know it, it takes a few days to kind of get into vacation mode i just think that it's, it's nice just to have that time just to let the world fall away and I, I think if you can get into that it's just a wonderful feeling just to stop and, and to have this uh, created space and time where you're giving yourself permission to let yourself get off the planet for for a few days yeah and then
1: everyone yeah yeah, go ahead oh
0: no yeah and and yeah i think and you know that's that's just an important part and i think having you know some some outcome from it it, it's it's just good because it gives a little some energy and some intentionality to that time yeah when we often did retreats yeah sorry go ahead go ahead
1: ahead. well before you go into the results part again please hold that thought because i want you to talk about that but so everyone there's this part in the blog where Kenzo talks about in the beginning of the retreat, he just, day, on day one, he just lets go, and he's just, he's letting go, letting go, and, 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 you know, he's talking about that now, and he has this beautiful line where he's just saying, like, I just let the thoughts fall away and pass through me like ghosts, and why do you think that's important? Like, why do you think that was a good foundation for the rest of the retreat, that spending at least a day in that deep mode Of really letting go of the world, like goodbye. I'm just in this spacious intimacy with life.
0: Sure. Well, I think you know, like you were saying before, was was I nervous or afraid? I, I do. I do think that part of the reason is because to to connect with your part that's that's deeper than. All the fears we may have, in um, that particular yeah. blog post. I mean, I was I've been unemployed for almost six months, and, and uh, you know, so I had my ghostly thoughts were just about you know to continue to be unemployed, to, to you know, be in financial distress, to, yeah. And, and then, but then for my one, my 40th birthday, it's like, what if I just spend these few days, you know, thinking about you know, kind of trying to be in touch with a 10 year vision? Absolutely, nothing happens, and I just wasted all this time. Not doing a whole lot, so like all those kind of things are at the beginning of, of that time alone. And I, I think having those couple of days just to let those be able to just to kind of pass through and, and, yes. and give us the permission yes. not to have to like work them out. I think just let allows them just to to settle. And then and then you know hopefully the the thing which I was fortunate you know enough is especially you know it was one of you know one of my more powerful spiritual experiences and I've read by that second blog uh, about my first soul retreat was just this feeling of um you know I think sometimes in, in meditation we we hit we we will touch upon uh, just that direct love for why we're called to anything inside of ourselves and and it's just unquestionable it fills you up and it's it's much it's much more deep deeper and more substantial than than any fearful thought and i think obviously doesn't extinguish all 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 fear and trepidation or any other kind of negative emotion aside it 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 does provide a contrast to so much else in our in our lives to to be able to provide a good foundation for how we spend those other few days being alone
1: nice that really comes through in what you're saying it's like really preparing the ground you know, establishing this this sort of creative womb, as it were, that's that's well, really free from fear. It's not that fears come up, but don't come up, but you really let go. And you're sitting in a deeper, wider, more generative space in yourself
0: and and to some degree, I think, from having you know a day or two to let go without having to actively make the plans, can you know create that the generative energy you're talking about? And I think it's going to probably look or feel different, and for for every single person, but enough to kind of feel like, all right, I, I feel like my my motor's running, you know, or that I can take some, it. Feels right to take the next step into something else, but something's been formed or started.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. So this is like, there's obviously a very direct line from what we're th- this kind of space we're talking about right now, and what you talk about in your second blog. And in the second blog, the lead up and the story's a little different. Why don't you give a very compact summary of that blog? But like what I'm interested in talking about is just the continuity from like, you know, how everything fell apart and then coming back to this ground. Maybe speak a little bit about if you can encapsulate that in a few sentences, that, that post, and then come back to like this point where you struck gold. Sure. Meditation.
0: So, I mean, you know, that uh, in this whole conversation, we talked about solar retreats a lot. It's something that comes up in you know a lot of my blogs. It's something I love a lot. But it, it, the whole impetus for these, this kind of particular approach to it, was uh, in uh, twenty thirteen. You know, like you point to Morgan, every everything falling apart in my life, and and those it was basically three dimensions you know one was this spiritual community morgan that you and i had been together in for 14 years uh that dissolved almost overnight for all yeah. kinds of reasons that's its own story but that was you know my it was my spiritual family it was kind of my what i'd given my my, my life to it, it was uh you know it was really everything to me and that that was gone i lost my job at, at, the, at the same time so I, I you know and which is you know If any of you ever lost your jobs, it's just, it's one of the more stressful things that can happen to you. And then, and then as I mentioned before, my, my wife, uh, you know, was almost, um, killed in the, the Boston marathon and a couple of my other friends were also, you know, around her and and they had gone through their own, own ordeals. And so all, all three of these happening at the same time, uh, that just, uh, made a, for quite a time for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, in, a, in a short nutshell, how it kind of led to the solar retreat was, you know, I I'd kind of went into sort of a survival mode and I just wanted to get, you know, I've been in sales for 14, 15 years. I just kind of wanted to get a high paying job and get on with my life. And I got a career coach. I didn't mean to pick a a career coach like him, but he actually had quite a deep spiritual background. And for those of you who are familiar with Werner Erhard and and Est, which has now become the the landmark for him, this career coach was actually Werner Erhard's right-hand man and a very close friend of his. And I had no idea this was the case. I didn't even know this until like months later after we stopped working together. But, uh, you know, after a a while of of looking for work and having all these like close calls and and nothing coming through, it it was just, you know, it's a, it was kind of a it was a grinding process and with everything else happening it was just it it was it was definitely a very um felt very weighed down and and he just had this advice he said hey, why why don't why don't you go get lost for a while you know just go somewhere by yourself and yeah you know, I, I like the way said just said get lost because it kind of conveyed it's just like let yourself just wander aimlessly in somewhere where you don't know where you are and it's almost like physically enacting the the letting go of meditation
1: yeah, and, and like saying, you need a fundamental pattern break here.
0: Exactly, exactly. You've put to, yeah, create your own, you know, orchestrate your own full-bodied pattern, pattern break. Yeah. And that just like really, I really like lit up when I heard that because I think it must have plugged into all the experiences and joys I had of doing a solo retreat that, you know, you know I've both done for years and years, and my own enjoyment of just like, you know, being alone and contemplating and, 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 you know, thinking about things. I think it just, it just really clicked something in me. Mm, mm. So that, that got the the ball rolling to, to create my own solo retreat.
1: Nice. And that was really your first post spiritual community solo retreat.
0: Yeah. That was just like, I'm going off my own to, I love how you said it, to, to kind of create a pattern to, to create a pattern break. Yeah.
1: You wrote in that, you said, I concluded if I was going to do any truly fresh thinking, and, and as everyone, as we alluded to before, and, and in this article, Kento talks about like some of the fear he had going into this. But he said he said I concluded if I was going to do any truly fresh thinking, it was essential to have more space inside of me. I permitted myself for that first day of five to let go of the whole world. Near the end of that day, I struck gold as I was meditating, and what became clear. Was that I would never have anything of real value to offer the world if I continued to deny my love for quote God end quote substitute whatever word you want in there but um yeah can you just can you say a little bit about that what happened in that moment <laughs> Is that too big a question
0: uh, no 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 I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to think of I guess. Uh, Way to kind of get at the heart of it without having to without like the whole back backstory of yeah. you know my my whole life and every everything in it but I, I think it's you know in, in a simple way it's um for me personally it it was another you know, beauty of a solo retreat is you just kind of everything sort of falls away until you just left with the essentials of, of who of who you are and um yeah. you know I I think it it was just very uh, clear to me that myself my my whole interest and love for for spirit is is something that i it's just so uh kind of who who i am and and i don't know if this is a it's a silly silly metaphor but it's always when i kind of comes up to me i don't know if this is anyway i'll just go ahead and say it i i I just imagine it's it's kind of like if if you were gay and then you know you kind of came to that clear recognition of that it's just like you you just know that you're not going to be able to change it that's who you are that's and, and you know whatever people may think or how they're going to go about it, that that's who you are and, and to live any other way than to love who you're going to love would be such a wrong lie and I, I imagine that moment where you just embrace that and you just feel like this is who i am this is who who, who i love and and I, I i respect that and i'm never not going to i'm not going to turn away from that and that's who i am and to mm. have some and to have the, the the kind of the self uh generate dignity and respect for that is a must be a huge release yes and i i think it, was, it felt sort of something similar with my own you know love for for god spirit or whatever however one relates to it i just felt like this is who i am and whatever i do with work with life if i somehow close that down in any dimension it's only going to be part of me there and i I would have no, that whatever part of my life I wouldn't shut that part out would, uh, I would be diminished. And I just felt like, especially in, you know, a lot of this context was about finding work. I just knew that there's, there's no room to be diminished and to be successful, especially, you know, particularly in, in the business world and, and yeah. you know, whatever endeavor that we do, you know, we, I think, I, I guess that would be a good way to say a lot of my philosophy. I, I, I try and avoid at all costs to be diminished.
1: <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that?
0: Diminished means, I think, not 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 having. Um, I endeavor to have full access to all of my my resources and 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 who I am and, and my energies mm. and and clarity of mind. Obviously, we can't. We're not always at our best, but like for the important things, I I don't want to sabotage myself or to do things that wouldn't uh, uh, allow me to have uh, to be my fullest. You know, if yeah. things are for the, the things are important, and I think there's all kinds of things that we can do to help. And it's a joy to be at our fullest. I think we're happiest when we feel that we are in in, t- in touch with all of our, our resources and our and we can exercise and, and hone our gifts. And I think there's there's activities we can do to help enhance that. So I, yeah. I, I think I'm not getting any younger and my life is better when I do so. So why not pursue that ferociously?
1: Nice. Can you just speak a little bit about the outcomes of that silent retreat and, and the kind of striking gold in the, in the way that you just actually explained what that gold was.
0: You mean what happened after that particular? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause Um, you say a little bit in the post, but like what, what were the results?
0: Sure. The the result, the results that's basically, you know, it it wasn't, I had any kind of a, Clarity more about what kind of work I should do, and and obviously, like I'm I'm in I'm in sales in the, in the corporate world, in particular, you know, more specifically in the financial services industry. I it wasn't going to be something specific, as in now finding some sort of spiritual product to sell in the financial services world. But it was more, I think, just a. It was a position of. Of of knowing, where I wanted to be coming from in everything I did. So yeah. it's like you know, when I would be looking for particular companies to work for, what was I coming from that that full place in myself? Was I intuiting a, a possible opening to a greater future? What what when I spoke to people, was I also seeing ourselves in the in the in the in a greater, more existential context of how I actually do see life? You know, just I, I think and, yeah. and it sounds all very abstract and theoretical, but they're actually all it's actually all very it is all very. Tangible, we, we, yeah, yeah. Real to me, and I, and yeah. I think that yeah. way I know that is because how I show, you know, to use a very popular nomenclature, how I show up. Um, yeah, and so I and,
1: I and you landed the job.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, within about a month after that, I um, I was hired by a consulting firm that I, I, I work now. It's been it's been four years, and I continue to be you know quite successful there, and I, I really I I love the people there. I, it's a very great fit between me and, and, and this firm and, and I felt like it's also building a bigger future for myself so yeah
1: that's great all right so everyone as you can tell like we're co- so we're covering these different aspects but like it's just powerful talking to you Kenzo about these things because it's it's I think making clear lighting up direct lines between this space this generative self space that we can access and do access in meditation practice and then all these different dimensions of our lives, how it plays out, how it unfolds into different dimensions. So I think so far in this conversation, that's been really powerful. It's just we're exploring that connection, so to speak, and, that, and that's something you do in your articles. And so I think with a little bit of time that we have left, let's talk about the final article about breaking bad habits. In the post, you talk about like, you knew that to go to the next level with your running, you had to give up smoking and drinking. And those were two things that you really love. You were reaching this semi-elite level in your running, but you needed to go to the next level to really, as per the earlier part of the conversation, to qualify for the Boston Marathon, to hit the next level. And so, you know, you talk about, This process in this article and you you have this quote you say by being resolute that this was no longer an option this being the smoking the drinking my awareness has been liberated to flow into other areas that beckon my consciousness most importantly my love for God I believe this inner irrigation is the essence of the time immemorial spiritual practice of renunciation I think it's very interesting that you speak about your awareness being liberated because most people think of suffering in the context, it like when you don't get what you want, when you have to give something up, most people think like, all right, I'm going to suffer. I have to give up sweets. I have to give up this part of my diet and and I'm just going to suffer. But in this article, one of the things you talk about is just the really incredibly positive dimension of how it liberated your awareness, this this process of renouncing these quote-unquote bad habits liberated your awareness i'd be interested to hear you just talk about why do you think that was different for you like why whereas most people would see that as suffering you 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 actually had a very positive liberating experience your attention expanded and how would you say that meditation relates to this experience of renunciation and the kind of positive results you experienced
0: sure so during the whole time i've been training for all these marathons all this Marathons, 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 and all these different blogs. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've also, you know, I, I really, I, I love craft beers. Um, I love smoking. I don't, and it's something that I was doing this whole time, and a lot of people think that's kind of crazy. But I think for me, there was there was something I really uh, got a, a thrill out of. Being in the best shape of my life, but then still being able to, to drink a lot and, and, and smoke, it kind of it, it felt this very the sort of rebellious kind of energy. You know, I just thought like, you know, well maybe if all this stuff is keeping me excited, that's that's part of the the, the process. And and you know, I think the the broader point in the article I'm saying is, you know, obviously I I knew it was a, a quote unquote bad habit, but I think i enjoyed it a lot so it didn't and didn't feel like it was affecting my life it wasn't impacting it so i didn't see any reason to to stop and i think for a lot of us who may have bad habits or things we know that aren't great for us i can understand why we don't want to stop if we're getting a lot of enjoyment from it and we're not visibly hurting ourselves or others it, it, yeah. it just doesn't seem like. What's the point? You know that you're getting more. You're getting more out of it, and, and you know emotionally or psychologically than, like you said, the pain you would from having to kind of stop that all of a sudden. Yes, yes. So you know, and so that's and who's this? And there's examples on my blog about who's to say that what's a bad habit anyway? You know, it may seem like a, yeah. you can call it a bad habit, but it's also something that's allowing you to advance forward in other areas. So it's hard to say. Um, but I think it finally became clear after I tried again for a different marathon uh, to qualify for, for Boston. And after I missed that, you know, also by like a, a couple minutes, I think it just became clear to me that I had to kind of look at priorities. And it just made me respect that if I wanted to qualify and to run in Boston, the reason why it's such a, pres- a kind of go-to goal for a lot of runners is because it's it's made for elite runners. And, and I guess I kind of had to face that. I thought, like, well, who am I to say I'm an elite runner if I'm also – Smoking and drinking a ton. It's like, why? Why? Let's face reality, you know, and and, and be a little bit humble. And and I think then suddenly, just then, the idea of allowing myself to think like, well, what if I actually become an elite athlete shape? Like, there's something that I just thought, like, well, that would it it suddenly became very attractive to me. And I talked about with my coach, and I I think the, the the thing which really Got me into it was I was thinking, look, even if I you know, we, him and I both spoke, even if suppose I I did this, I stopped drinking, I stopped smoking, attacked my training. What if I still didn't qualify? You know, and, and it was like, yeah. But I think the bigger point was like, who who? It, it was clear that I was still going to benefit, and my my family and my friends, everyone would benefit from me just living healthy. Yeah, and and, and, the, and the kind of strategy was you're gonna win no matter what. Whether you qualify or not, your life will change from these few months that you go clean. And, yeah. and he said this great thing, which I think also points to renunciation, he said. And what's great about this not drinking, not smoking, it's like you don't have to do anything. You just have to not do something. Yeah. And, and that kind of really flipped my mm. view on it because it was just, I just – you know, had to not do these I was already doing I was doing a lot of things as far as like running hard and running more and running more miles and doing all Yeah, these you things. didn't
1: have to add another thing. I didn't have
0: to, to add, add nothing to it. It was just like not doing something. I think that there's something about the the, the 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 beautiful kind of thing of renunciation is just not it's just not doing something. It's taking something yes. out. Yeah. And um and you know similar to what I was saying before about meditation about just feeling that there's a, a calling towards wholeness or a calling towards something however we approach it. You know, I think as, as uh, conscious beings, we're always attracted to something. You know, we're being attracted towards things that give us pleasure. We're moving away from things that give us pain. A cigarette or, a, you know, a really strong double IPA were things that, like, my attention were drawn to a lot. You know, as so, I you know, often mm. we think about when's my next cigarette going to be? You know, when am I going to have a good time to go, you know, go out drinking? And I think from stopping that, because I, I knew I just wanted to, change physically my attention could go other places that because it's like other things are always calling for your attention some are more positive than others so i think that that the things are already calling me already in in meditation and and in my different spiritual practices now just had they had more of a direct line for me to Mm. respond to them when before they would get diverted or distracted from wanting to drink or wanting to smoke and so now yeah. I just, and, and now because I didn't I wasn't going to be uh conflicted about which one I wanted to have I could yeah. just apply my energy towards pursuing those and and, and you yeah. know and, and from from not drinking and smoking there's just there's a physical effect so like my I, I slept better my my mental faculties felt sharper yeah and, and I could also use those to Give myself more to my meditation, and that had its own effect. And then all of a sudden, after a few weeks, I thought, "Hey, this is creating—I'm really like kind of manually creating some new momentum in myself." Mm. And and that just has become so much more. Um, the benefits of the, that momentum have had real effects in my life. That when after this, my marathon coming up, I, I it'll be kind of tricky to navigate how I balance. <laughs> drinking or smoking versus why I've kind of well, had my own experience, so I'll, I'll deal with that when I get there. But
1: yeah, all right. So it sounds like you're saying, so it's very kind of powerful. I mean, it's a long but powerful answer that you're basically, in some way, saying we all have our des- these desires and these de- desires they exist on a spectrum, and no matter what, for all of us, we have them and they compel our attention. They attract our attention and compete and vie for our attention. And and, he- and part of what I'm hearing you saying is that, that by giving up the smoking and the drinking, that magnetic portion of your attention that was drawn to those things was, was freed up. Yep. It was no, no longer, it's like, you know, if you have two opposite magnets, you know, attracting the same iron filings, you know, they're going to divide. And then, but now you're just, you're taking one of those magnets away, and so all the iron filings are just going to that one magnet. And now that one magnet, you're saying is really your more your love of God.
0: It has stronger pull, and it, but as I discover, you, you you have you know other magnets kind of pop up. You know all of a sudden, yeah. It, start... it, it's
1: an imperfect metaphor, but yeah, yeah, yeah
0: no, 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 but no, but I'm just, it's kind of funny because all of a sudden, then it's like these sweets and you know kind of a different yeah. like chocolates and chocolate. sugars suddenly you know start coming up <laughs> on the radar and i started thinking like well i'm not drinking so i can have you know this other yeah really delicious chocolate ganache cake or whatever it is yeah. and then so that's a whole other thing but yeah but 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 yeah but, in yeah. concept it's it's still there's more there's more room and space to to choose and to pursue different directions and, and yeah and, you know. in
1: concept and in practice it sounds like very yes, much
0: absolutely and and that's the thing there's there's a there's a wonderful thing when you con- when you connect concept and practice, and then it yeah. works, and then it just it's and then you get confidence from that, and you want to kind of it's like we're 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 our own kind of little mad laboratories, you know, yeah. to try these things out and to the stuff that works, just to keep going with them.
1: And I think it's a really important lesson for all of us, everyone listening. And you can't hear this enough. It, it, it's like you you don't want to give stuff up, but like when you talk about it in this way, and this kind of leads to the second question. Then I think we need to wrap up. When you have something like your spiritual practice and your love for God, or, or this this sort of generative space we're talking about, when when that's a a strong interest for you, you kind of you had this experience of your attention being freed up to devote more to that, and then that I think relates to the second question when I that I wanted to ask you about. You said. In the context of giving up bad habits, I don't think it works to say no to something we typically enjoy unless it's in service of something more profound that we're saying yes to. What we're saying yes to needs to be big and important to us. In this light, it's a joy to not drink or smoke because it's affirming in my being that I'm committing or I'm committed to my higher potential. It's so much more than just making healthier choices for my body. It's about tapping into my resolve for a greater life which i think actually kind of perfectly summarizes what we were just trying to say to close the interview today can you just speak a little bit more to that why, why do you think we need something to say yes to in order to say no
0: i think for the reasons you were saying before about otherwise it's it's just like painful you know like yeah why, why am i giving up something that i clearly enjoy you Yeah. Know, like I, I think if if i didn't see clearly for myself that I was choosing to stop drinking and smoking because I wanted to physically become a better version of myself. I wanted to stop these things I knew were creating some sort of negative reverberation for my in my relationships at some level whether I conscious or not conscious of it was. It was it it was something I knew that I could do that would take me somewhere that I, I actually wanted to go. Yeah. And I was very clear about and, and the the one-to-one relationship between Not drink, not smoke, something good's going to happen. Whereas if it was just not drink, not smoke because it's bad, it would have been hard to find the motive. It would have just not been a comfortable process, which I, I think so. A lot of times, I think when we try and give up these bad habits, if we don't really, if we can't really see like, why are we doing this? And if the thing and the, if the why isn't something that actually makes us feel really good about life, you know, good about ourselves, it'd be hard to keep it up in the long, in the long run.
1: Hmm. All right, man. Well, I'd love to keep rolling. Actually, it feels like there's a lot more to to kind of dig into here, but I think this has been great. And I really appreciate all your answers. I think everyone, I encourage you to check out these blog posts that Kento wrote. uh, And all you have to do is go to aboutmeditation.com forward slash blog, and you can find his his recent posts on there. I encourage you to follow up on them. And also, if you want to learn a little bit more about habits, we touched on those today. Check out episode eight of this podcast, One Mind, because there's a whole podcast devoted to how to turn meditation into a habit and and a keystone habit and what that's all about. But yeah, so Kenzo, thank you for joining us. Are there any kind of final comments you want to make
0: i say uh, thank you for inviting me on It's i appreciate the chance to to talk about these things thank you for all of you out there listening i'm really happy to share my thoughts and i hope you've found them enjoyable or or helpful
1: awesome sweet all right kenzo till next time all
0: right thank you bye-bye thank you bye
1: so i hope you enjoyed that interview with kenzo on if you enjoyed the show please Help us reach other meditators. Leave us a rating and a review over on iTunes. That is by far the most effective way for us to get this show in front of more people. And also, if you enjoyed the show, you might also like some of the free offerings we have over at our website at aboutmeditation.com. We have a free three-part seminar called Meditation for Life and also two free guided meditations. So. If you head on over to our website on our homepage at aboutmeditation.com, you can pick those up for free. And also, the One Mind Meditation Podcast is part of the Podcastica Network. That is a network of several amazing podcasts. And I encourage you to go check those out at Podcastica.com. And yeah, that's it for today. Let's wrap up with a quote. And I've been on a kick lately with these quotes from the Tibetan master Sogyal Rinpoche. And I think this quote is particularly relevant to the topic we explore today. And the quote I want to close with today goes like this. Each time the losses and deceptions of life teach us about impermanence, they bring us closer to the truth. When you fall from a great height, there is only one possible place to land, on the ground, the ground of truth. And if you have the understanding that comes from spiritual practice, then falling is in no way a disaster, but the discovery of an inner refuge.